from sea to shining sea in the United States and around the world on the internet, welcome to the 66th episode of InfoBlips. My name is John Haynes and I am the host of this podcast. Today's date is December the 30th, 2020. Stand by for factual, verifiable information. I trust and pray that everyone's uh, Christmas celebration was festive and was meaningful. I sincerely thank Anchor FM for hosting this podcast, and I also am thankful for Amazon Music and Audible for adding info blips to their content on the platform. And I'm also thankful for Yancey Seals, the CEO and president of Triple D's Barbecue Sauce and Baked Beans. Now you guys know how I love Triple D's Barbecue Sauce. I've tried them on just about every piece of uh, meat and poultry and seafood. It just pairs, they pair well. They pair extremely well. Now with Triple D's baked beans. No more doctoring up. You know, he used to get the, do- the baked beans and try to doctor them up, make it taste good. Well, this is already that. It's already that in a bottle. I'm telling you, it's wonderful. You guys should give him a try. You definitely need to give him a try. Uh, Yancey is also, his products will be in CVS's on the West Coast, the entire West Coast. They know what's good. And he have more surprises coming in the year 2021. I'm telling you, Triple D's Barbecue Sauce and Baked Beans, TripleD'sBarbecueSauce.com. All you got to do is go there, do a little shopping. You know, New Year's coming up. You want to stock up on things. Go to the Triple D's Barbecue Sauce website. That is TripleD'sBarbecueSauce.com. And grab some of them baked beans and some of that barbecue sauce. Big ups to Yancey Seals. And we look forward to to exponential growth in the year 2021. If you would like to be a sponsor of InfoBlips or a co-sponsor of InfoBlips, please email me at InfoBlips, the act sign, activist.com. That's InfoBlips at activist.com. And I'd also take this opportunity to welcome my listeners in the IE. Pomona, where you at? <laughs> yeah, the IE, Inland Empire of Southern California. Welcome and thank you for listening to the show. And once again, let's get into it. This one will be long, so if you want to listen to it in parts, I do understand. It is going to be long because I have to get this out. I want to explain what I have found to be verifiable factual information about several areas of concern at this time. The first one being the presidential election. It's interesting. I receive emails and people are saying we voted. What's going on? How come our vote doesn't count? Well, it does count, but here's the process. The next public step in the 2020 presidential election will be happening on January the 6th of 2021 when Congress meets to validate the election. Now at that time, if there are objections at that particular meeting, a formerly obscure law will be considered to settle disputes about electors. So normally the 538 electors representing the presidential candidates declare winners of the state in which they were elected. As required by the 12th amendment of the Constitution of the United States of America, 
So let me break down. Okay, federal law requires the state to deliver certified electoral college results to the vice president serving as president of the Senate. Now this is to be done by December the 23rd. Then the joint meeting of Congress is required by the 12th Amendment of the Constitution of the United States to count electoral votes and declare the winners of the presidential election. The session of Congress is required on January the 6th, 2021 at 1 p.m. So the Trump administration's Hail Mary play is going to be objecting the electoral votes, the certified electoral votes in several different states. And this is what the Republicans or some Republicans plan on doing. At that point, they will be using a process that was established called the Electoral Count Act of 1887. The law was uh, originated for a contest, a very nasty election between Samuel Titan, Rutherford B. Hayes. At that time, several states sent rival electors and they tried that, but the Trump administration failed at that. So at that congressional meeting with Mike Pence as uh, the president of the Senate, if there's an objection, the two houses have to recess and they have to go to their separate areas and discuss and debate about the objection for a maximum of two hours. When they get back and call back into session, they have to tell the Congress what their, well, they are the Congress, but to tell what their vote was, if they want to receive the objection or if the objection is denied. See, for them to exclude votes, the objection to exclude a state's electoral vote must be approved by both houses of Congress. And we can continue down the rabbit hole with if they do disagree, then there is also a solution for that, which is a long drawn out parliamentary and political procedures. But it's not going to change the outcome. And that's the bottom line. It will not change the outcome. If they want to exclude certain states, if they want to just exclude a certain part of the populace that voted in the United States, which is an attack on our democracy, then what will probably happen is the electoral count will have to come down. It has to be reduced from 272 whatever and Trump would still lose. We have to understand that this is a direct assault on our republic. It is a direct assault on the democracy of the United States of America. And this has nothing to do with voter fraud. The Trump administration brought 50 plus lawsuits about voter fraud that were all kicked out in the last one. Uh, they went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court kicked it out in, in record time. It just went, we don't have time for this nonsense. So as my friend Yancey would say is, what's the end game? What's in it for them? This is nothing more than a fundraising, money-making procedure. They are frightening the public into thinking that this is Armageddon and that they will help them win. So they are putting money into their coffers. It's not to help the United States. It's to help the Republicans that seek power and money. And that's why I disagree with them. When they became the money over everything party is when we had to separate. Because one principle I do stand by is the love of money 
is the root of all evil, not money. The love of money is the root of all evil. And as I said, Donald Trump will burn this republic and this democracy to ashes so that he can rule over the ashes. And the very disturbing and sad part is that this is being led by individuals trafficking in disinformation through conspiratorial creations. And they push these ideas on the internet through different posts and different message boards. Now here's the thing, they have become mainstream. A person that believes in QAnon is now in the United States Congress. That's why I said, and I believe the FBI when they told me that QAnon is the most dangerous cult in America. President Trump quoted QAnon many, many different times. And these people thought that he was giving them sublimable messages. And I'm not making this up and I will give you, we'll go to the website and you'll have links to exactly what I'm, where I get the information from. And the more concerning and disturbing part is that individuals who are otherwise intelligent have joined this cult. And it's interesting, they don't understand. When you're in a cult, and I've gotten two people out of a cult, not this particular one, but other cults. When you're in a cult, you don't realize you're in a cult until you're separated from them for about 30 to 45 days. This is extremely important, seriously, because the group QAnon has morphed into several other groups simply because they have the same belief that our system is being taken over by either A, reptilian people or B, people who traffic in child pornography and child abductions and the drinking of the blood of children to make them immortal. This is verifiable factual information. I didn't make this up. And people that agree with QAnon, most of them have no idea that the group believes this. <laughs> the save our children um, people, that's how they're actually, QAnon is actually bringing people in, is they have a website, Save Our Children. Now, who wouldn't want to say, hey, you know, I want to save our children. I want to help them. It's not about that. They haven't saved anyone. What they have done is indoctrinated people into their way of thinking and believing by feeding them disinformation continually. At that point, the person starts to act on that. And see, another thing that people have not understood, that we have not understood, this is called radicalization. This is exactly what is done to people that commit violent acts against the public. And the question is, the big question is, when does disinformation and a cult become a coup? Now, considering all the facts, this is what I believe Donald Trump and his, I can't even say administration, and his lackeys or his the people that he's using are attempting to do is destroy the political and democratic process of the United States. And of course, that is my opinion based on verifiable factual information. There cannot be any other excuse. The Republicans are making money. Donald Trump is attempting an authoritarian takeover, an authoritarian coup of the United States. And they're using radicalization processes that they have learned and they are using it on American people. Normally, it's a older male 
not married, um, disgusted where, where they are in life and they need someone to blame. So they get together with these groups in an attempt to get around people that think like them, that feel like them, that they're being left out, that something's being taken from them. Uh, and they basically have a depressed and defeated attitude, although they will be manipulated into bold actions. But no, make no mistake about it, the women of QAnon are also extremely dangerous. They've kidnapped children. The, these people are unhinged and we cannot expect them to understand rational, verifiable, factual information. And this is dangerous because you have people who will act on this disinformation as Anthony Warner did as he detonated a bomb in downtown Nashville on Christmas morning. And that's how radicalization works. Anthony Warner believed in many conspiracy theories, including the 5G conspiracy theory. The Associated Press reported that Warner's girlfriend a year ago warned them that he was making bombs in his RV trailer. And according to the Associated Press, they were unable to make contact with Mr. Warner or see inside the RV. And I guess the case was dropped from there. The FBI have been probing Mr. Warner's digital statements and his digital footprint. One of the things that they did discover is that, well, the investigators discovered that they were aware the suspect made several internet conspiracy theories and that he believed several internet theories. One of the theories that Mr. Warner believed is that powerful politicians and Hollywood figures are actually lizards or other reptiles who have extraterrestrial origins and are taking over our society. Now that's extremely close to QAnon's political powerful people and political powerful actors are attempting to take over the world by having a baby kidnapping ring and drinking their blood. And this is not new. This is not new. This has been going on since Art Bell. I remember listening uh, to Coast to Coast and folks talking about lizard people and stuff. It's just that QAnon doesn't go right at them with this is what we believe. They incorporate them into their belief system and they take over their belief system gradually by agreeing with the conspiracy that they believe in, if that makes sense. Now, Mr. Warner also believed in the debunked conspiracy theory that the 5G network causes cancer and that the 5G network also causes COVID-19. Medical authorities and scientists have debunked both of those claims. However, the conspiracy theorists continue to spread this disinformation and people are acting on it. That's the danger of it. And it's also a way to radicalize the public. And I sincerely believe, and this is my opinion, is that it's by design. Now, if you follow InfoBlips, you know that I base my opinions 
on verifiable factual information. I understand how QAnon works. I understand how they are developing around the world, not just here, around the world, by just agreeing to accept the premise of whatever the conspiracy is and add it to their demented way of thinking. Now, for some of you, if you are new to the podcast, I uh, created a podcast. Uh, it was entitled uh, QAnon, The Most Dangerous Cult in America. Please look for it on my site or Google it or wherever you get your podcast from. Um, it's very important because it tells the history of uh, QAnon. So I did more investigation and I found that QAnon conspiracy theories theorists have been linked to 12 alleged crimes in the United States and even more in other countries, including Canada and the UK. So let's listen to what Donald Trump has to say about QAnon in an interview August the 19th, 2020. about the movement other than I understand they like me very much uh, which I appreciate but I don't know much about the movement uh, I have heard that it is gaining in popularity and from what I've hear it's these are people that when they watch the streets of Portland when they watch what happened in New York City in just the last six or seven months but this was starting even four years ago when I came here almost four years can you believe it uh, these are people that don't like seeing what's going on in places like Portland and places like Chicago and New York and other cities and states. And uh, I've heard these are people that love our country. They just don't like seeing it. So I don't know really anything about it other than they do supposedly like me and they also would like to see problems in these areas, like especially the areas that we're talking about, go away. Because there's no reason the Democrats can't run a city. And if they can't, we will send in all of the federal, whether it's troops or law enforcement, whatever they'd like, we'll send them in, we'll straighten out their problem in 24 hours or less. Okay? Well, as, the, as the cost of the theory is this belief that you are secretly saving the world from this satanic cult of pedophiles and cannibals. Does that sound like something you are behind? Or well, I haven't, I haven't heard that, but uh, is that supposed to be a bad thing or a good thing? I mean, you know, if, uh, if I can help save the world from problems, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to put myself out there. And we are, actually. We're saving the world from a radical left philosophy that will destroy this country. And when this country is gone, the rest of the world would follow. The rest of the world would follow. That's the importance of this country. Once again, that was Donald Trump and what he thinks about QAnon. Now, this is why this group is so dangerous. You have the president of the United States retweeting QAnon conspiracy accusations. You have the president of the United States refusing to disavow that he is saving the world from cannibals, pedophiles, and evil people saying, is that such a bad thing for them to believe that? Which gives the group 
a type of street cred to put it any other way um it gives them legitimacy and that's exactly what they're looking for is legitimacy and a lot of these people are acting saying that they're getting cue words from uh, the president's speeches or they're getting uh, words that they find on 4chan or hn or whoever board that they listen to it on uh it gives them this legitimacy that the president is with them and for them to continue to fight for what they believe is their lives. And once again, the QAnon have overlapped with far, far right militant groups like the Oath Keepers, the Proud Boys, and other far right, extremely dangerous, extremely violent uh, white separatist groups. And once again, this disinformation is radicalizing people to do violent ants, acts. On January the 6th, Donald Trump is calling for his supporters to come and have a wild time in D.C. And I've been reading some of the, the message boards, and a lot of them are will be armed. They will be heavily armed. Um, and they're also believing that this is the day that the storm will happen. You know, the storm where Donald Trump is going to arrest all of the evildoers and the pedophiles and the cannibals and uh, put them in Guantanamo Bay. This is what they believe is going to happen on the 6th. Um, that's why they're meeting uh, in Washington, D.C. It would be funny if it wasn't so serious. It would be really, really funny. I mean, I have to check myself sometime when I read this stuff going, am I going to put this? This is dumb. When I told it to a person that is a QAnon follower, although he will not believe that he is, he told me this is stupid. And he didn't even know that that exactly what QAnon believed. Um, so why did I bring this up? Because it appears that the right wing is becoming more radicalized. It appears as though they have people, well, suicide bombers that are willing to die for their cause. Just last night, Aspen, Colorado, the police department is reporting that hundreds of homes are still without heat, and this is a brutal winter, and still without power because of acts of vandalism. So you're looking at 3,500 properties that has no power because the gas was intentionally shut off at three pumping stations in that area, and none of them had any type of security cameras. Now, the word earth first appeared on a pipe on a gate. I'm not sure if um, that's who they were or not, but it appears that an orchestrated attempt to cause chaos in America for some reason, and then in a related and interesting story, uh, former General Flynn basically said martial law should be called. And that way, uh, Donald Trump can redo the election. And he's very, very serious. Politico is reporting that Donald Trump had a meeting in the Oval Office, including his lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, ousted campaign manager, Sidney Powell, and her client, former National Security Advisor, Michael Flynn. And in this meeting, um, Michael Flynn suggested that Trump could have or order military capabilities to rerun an election in swing states. 
and that martial law has been instituted 64 times. Meanwhile, Arizona GOP Chair Kelly Ward urged that Trump should impose martial law and claim that the election in the Electoral College and the vote in those states were compromised and should be rerun. So let's make this clear. Trump met with these individuals to strategize a way to overturn the election of the American people. Now, I would call that treasonous, but I believe the law calls that criminal sedition. To my mind, um, and as I've been reading in Politico, that the statutes, sedition statutes, uh, 2383 through 2385 were broken in that meeting. Now, section 2383 makes it a crime to incite or assist in a rebellion against the United States or give comfort to those who incite insurrection. Section 2384 carries a 20-year jail term for seditious conspiracy. Now, this requires an agreement between two or more people to overthrow, put down, or destroy by force the government of the United States or to oppose by force the authority thereof or by force to prevent, hinder, or delay the execution of any law of the United States of America. And the third and final provision, uh, 2385, makes it a crime to knowingly or willfully advocate, abet, advise, teach the desirability or the propriety of overthrowing or destroying the United States government. The statute goes on to criminalize the intentional publication or circulation of any printed matter advocating the desirability to overthrow the United States government. Now, the situation that I have with this is that historically, enforcing these laws have gone afoul or south of the First Amendment. However, the First Amendment does not cover the incitement of violence. And I bring this up because it's quite unusual that the party that's in power is attempting to overthrow its own government. However, and this is my opinion, I believe that it was Donald Trump's desire to do that in 2016. It's just that he accidentally won. And once again, I base my opinion on verifiable factual information. So I started listening to the 2016 tapes of Donald Trump and it's amazing how similar it is to right now. Let's listen to 2016 Donald Trump talk about the election. Remember, we're competing in a rigged election. This is a rigged election, folks, okay? The media is an extension of the Clinton campaign as WikiLeaks has proven and they don't talk about WikiLeaks. They just keep talking about Trump, Trump, Trump. They want to put nice, sexy headlines up, even though nothing happened, nothing took place, even though it's a total fabrication. They even want to try to rig the election at the polling booths. And believe me, there's a lot going on. Do you ever hear these people? They say there's nothing going on. 
People that have died 10 years ago are still voting. Illegal immigrants are voting. I mean, where are the street smarts of some of these politicians? And that was Donald Trump in 2016. So the election was rigged and they were rigging it at the polling booths and dead people were voting. And of course, he had no evidence of this in 2016, just like he has no evidence of this now. And it really is my opinion that Donald Trump would have done in 2016 what he's doing presently if he had not accidentally won, which again was or is to attack and destroy our democracy. I mean, isn't it amazing? If I had not told you it was 2016 and I had just clipped out the Clinton part and WikiLeaks part, it would sound just like he's talking right now. But once again, that is a way of radicalizing the populace. Create a situation, agitate that situation, talk about that situation, and then come up with the solution to the situation that you created. That, my friends, has been a nutshell of the Trump presidential activity and golfing. And let's not forget golfing because we paid a pretty penny for Donald Trump golfing and having all of the security he has uh, to go golfing and to stay at the resorts that he owns. And let's move on to another topic is the COVID relief bill. First, I believe that a government has a responsibility to take care of its citizens during the time of a national emergency. But this is actually a world emergency. I mean, we're in a pandemic. Most industrialized countries are paying their employees or their citizens during the pandemic, and they don't have to worry about healthcare because healthcare is provided for them. It is included in their taxes in most cases. However, if we attempt to do that here, the Republicans and some uneducated people will call this socialized medicine. It is not socialized medicine. I have the green in administration of healthcare. And I've talked to people around the world about their health care in their country. And we're just allowing the corrupt corporate capitalists to hijack the health care of Americans. And yes, I said corrupt corporate capitalists because the health care insurance industry are unnecessary and they do not operate with the patient's best interest in mind. They operate with making their shareholders the most money they can by doing whatever they can to cut costs and to run on a very lean budget. And yeah, I went off on a bunny trail because that is something that I'm very passionate about. And I, you will see more of that in 2021. Hear us advocacy. And basically what we're going to be doing is attempting to hook people up with uh, health care and their um, help them understand the health care that they have and to get the most out of it. Anyway, we were talking about the two bills that went uh, up to Congress or went up to uh, Donald Trump. And he continued to talk about them as one bill because he was confused. Um, the COVID-19 bill had a lot of pork in it. I, I, you know, I don't agree with all that. And but the omnibus bill 
is what his administration wanted. These are the numbers that they issued. These are the numbers that they bargained on. And that's why he probably signed it because he figured when he looked back at her, somebody told him, hey, dude, you're really messing up here. Okay, so he went and went on and signed it. Now, do I believe that American people should get $2,000? Yes. And I'm not just talking about $2,000. We should be getting $2,000 a month. And I don't care about, oh, my God, how we're going to pay for it. We spend more than that in wars. We give countries more than that to take care of their people. And those countries provide health care and those countries provide education all the way to the secondary education and to college. And they provide services to their people like abortions on demand. Yet we are issuing these people $80 billion a year. And I, we need to stop that. We, we really have to look at how we're giving our money away. And that's taxpayer money how we're giving it away. And yes, I'm going to take some flashback on that, but I really, I'm true to myself. And the bottom line is, there is no way we should be giving the country that much money that's doing that much to help their people when we can't help our own people here at home. See, this is what I'm talking about. Am I talking about nationalism? No, because, you know, all this, this globalism crap. Globalism has been out since the Silk Road, the Silk Road started. I mean, you know, when people start selling silk and then other people start selling spices and it was going on, that, that was part of globalism that they are trying to, they're so afraid of. Oh my God, globalism. Anyway, yeah, that's just another um, tangent that I went off on. I apologize. Um, so President Trump signed the bill the next day after he called it appalling. Okay, that, that, anyway. Um, but the $2,000 that he said that Americans should receive, the House voted on it and passed it. They're like, hey, we agree, it's passed. Um, but Mitch McConnell, good old Moscow Mitch, uh, wouldn't bring it to a vote on the floor of the Senate. So that way it's kind of protection to the senators that were gonna vote no. So that way the ones that have to be elected in two years are gonna have to explain why they voted no on help to people in their districts that were seriously hurting and you decided, nah, we don't need to give them the money. Uh, you give them $600 and that's it. Um, do I believe it could be structured properly or better? Yeah, but of course, this is the Trump administration. <laughs> what do you expect? Um, and all of that was Shabai on, um, on Trump's part because if he wanted the $2,000 for everybody, if he wanted that, he could have interceded a lot earlier and we would already have it. But he did not want that. He, this is not because he has a big heart for the American people. Um, he almost took made a major misstep and closed down the government. And he didn't want to do that. Not while there's runoff elections in Georgia that depends on who's going to control the Senate. And meanwhile, back in the real world, um, the United States, for the second time this month, flew B-52 bombers over Iran. Basically, um, they're saying that it's a deterrent, a deterrent to warn Iran not to attack American uh, uh, properties or American interests 
in the Middle East. Can anybody tell me what our strategy is in Iran? I, I, I don't even understand what our strategy is in the Middle East. I, I don't get it. But flying bombers over Iran may not deter them. It could uh, entice them. But I guess Trump figures a show of force would be a good thing. We'll see. I just hope and pray he does not start a war with Iran before he leaves office. That would be horrible, and it would be horrible for uh, Biden to come into. Um, but I wouldn't put it past Trump. Not at all. Hey, look, I really did not want to put this type of podcast out. Uh, on my last podcast, I said it was going to be a happy holiday-type podcast. I, I couldn't, not with all this going on. I mean, I just, you know, for Christmas... Christmas morning, I read about the bombing, but I didn't say anything to anyone. I didn't post anything about it. Um, I, I didn't post thing, anything about that the rest of the day. Uh, I didn't even look at, well, I looked at politics, but I didn't talk about it. And um, the day after, I tried not to, but then I'm seeing these things escalate. And I'm like, listen, I have to talk to people. And I just want to put it out there that our system is very fragile. The system that we have and we hold dear is very fragile. If you remember last year this time in 2019, all the expectations that we thought we were going to have in 2021, I mean, excuse me, in 2020. 2020 means clear vision. And as I have said before, we now see where people lie. We now understand what side of the road people are on. And it's very disturbing to tell you the truth, but it's very clear. There's no more gray area uh, with just about anything. So if anything, 2020 uh, cleared our vision up. And I said at the beginning of the year that the pandemic would expose the weakness and the cracks in our healthcare system and in our government. Our government has failed to respond properly. Most of that is due to leadership. Um, also, our healthcare system is overtaxed. Here's the deal. We could have as many, many, many mechanical things as we need, but we don't have a mechanical doctor. We don't have a mechanical nurse. We don't have mechanical anesthesiologist. We don't have a, a, a mechanical lab people. These are people, and I know a lot of them, and they are tired. If you run these people down, who's going to take care of the sick people? Please wear your mask, please wash your hands, and please social distance. That's not a joke, and it's, it's been proven that it does work. And all of you people who are taking the vaccine, who called it a hoax at the beginning, you should not even be allowed to take a vaccine since you called it a hoax. Most of you Republicans who's already taken it, the vaccine and you called it a hoax, you shouldn't even have an opportunity to take it because it's a hoax, remember? Anyway, as we look forward into 2021, we do have clear vision. We have clear vision of where our country needs to go. We have clear vision that there are 74 million people that do not agree with the other 80 million people, and they will do whatever they can to cause confusion. I was conversing on a white supremacist um, website and I asked the person uh, doing a long conversation I said hey look it looks like we're gonna have to share this country um, do you think we could do it in peace do you believe that you know we could coexist together we have to find a way 
the guy's answer was no. And many of his followers chimed in with no, because we have been shoved down our throat all this secularism and all this, um, what they call it, liberal garbage has been shoved down our throat for too long. And now it's time for us to take our country back because we're not that liberal. And when I asked them, what liberal are you talking about? I mean, what, what do you mean? You know, and they had a struggle to really, really answer. When you say liberal, what exactly are you talking about? But they can't just, they can't define it. They didn't define it. There were three, three, three men uh, having beers. And uh, two of the men were, you know, two of the men uh, voted for Biden, I guess. And one of the men voted for Trump. Um, and the person that voted for Trump was railing about uh, um, socialism. Everything, well, that's socialism. You don't need to have socialism. And the other two people there didn't say it was socialism. They all are receiving social security. They all have parents who are retired and receiving uh, Medicare. And I thought, okay, so socialism, when we drove here on a public road, that was socialism. When a fire person comes to your home or goes to a home to put out a fire, that's socialism. When the police department comes because someone calls of a burglary or a problem, that's socialism. When you use public water, that's socialism. Social security is socialism. Retirement and retirement accounts are socialism. Um, I could go on and on. The school system to the 12th grade is socialism. I don't understand what this big, it's gonna be socialism scare is. We are democratic socialists. We prove that on a day-to-day -day basis, the library, the internet, that's all socialism. Everybody puts in their money to use the product or the outcome of the what you're putting in your money for. You know, I mean, that that's, that's what taxes are for, which, is socialism. I mean, look, you want to look at it. Let's, let's just really look at it. The military is socialism because everybody's money goes into paying for their service. Now what Trump administration and the Trump, the Trump people are Trumpsters because they're not Republicans. They, they've proven that they're not Republicans. The Trumpsters want you to confuse socialism with communism now communism i don't agree with communism is that you know the the state owns everything everything you know and you have no say so in nothing that they own it and you don't own anything okay so they want to and they'll continue to do this what they'll do is they'll talk about socialism and show you a picture of communism they, they do that a lot it is just it's so just watch it when you're talking to these people and they say oh socialism ask them what with socialism, explain it to me. You know, explain what you believe socialism is and what they're gonna explain to you, two chances to one, is communism. And my last thing here that I'm gonna say for uh, this year, at least unless something horrific happens, um, is for everyone to be alert. If you're in a public place, be alert. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist and I'm not trying to cause problems or or scare people, I'm being factual with you. If you see something that is unusual, tell a police officer, tell someone. It's called see something, say something, 
We learned that years and years and years ago. It's very important, especially within the next couple of weeks, that if you see something out of place, you, you say something. Um, personally, I am not going to be in gatherings, large gatherings, for two reasons. Uh, the COVID is, is, uh, exposure is number one. Um, the second one is personal. I just don't like to be in crowds this time of year. I never have. But remember what you hold close, your family members, your loved ones, the people that really matter in your life. Think about that. Enjoy them and keep yourselves and your family as safe as possible. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. And I pray that all of you are safe and I'll talk to you first part of the year 2021. Go out and make it a great life. See you guys. God bless.